Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelley Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cultivate. I'm Shelly Tyson. I am your host, and I'm excited today to share a new interview with you with a fairly new friend of mine. Um, Debbie has known my husband, Brian, for a while, and she and I have gotten connected recently, and I just feel like she has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge about the topic that we're going to talk about today. So I'm super excited to welcome you, Debbie. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. So I'd love if you would introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your story and kind of, um, about the topic that we're talking about today, which is adoption, foster care, step parenting, all the things. Okay. Um, I, as you mentioned, I, I work with your husband. I am a lawyer and that's how I make my living. But, um, what I do <laughs> is raise other people's children. <laughs> Um, I, um, I, I've never had biological children, but through foster parenting and step parenting, um, and, uh, a, a adoption of an adult, um, I've, I have a collection of seven children and 10 grandchildren. So, um, it, it started when I, um, got out of, uh, well, it started when I, when I was a child, my parents were very involved in their youth ministry and. Uh, camps. And so um, I, my brother and sister and I sort of um, have just kept up with various ways of, of doing that. Um, when I got out of college, I worked for a while as a social worker uh, with juvenile court in Metro Atlanta, burned out. Um, I just got tired of dipping out the ocean with a teaspoon. And so I uh, went to law school, but I would stayed involved in working with, with, um, youth organizations and um, got uh, hooked into doing uh, volunteer foster care or emergency foster care for a while and then uh, respite care and then long-term um, foster parenting. Um, came back to Georgia and uh, with my career and uh, my my parents had some health problems. My, my brother and sister were raising children without my advice. There were just a lot of reasons to come back. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, um, and so came back to Atlanta um, and then uh, uh, finally fell in love and, and married a man with um, five kids. Um, three of them were adults. So I only had the two at home and, um, and here we are. Amazing. Amazing. Did you ever imagine that this is what it would look like for you? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I expected, actually, I expected my life to be more like my sister's. Um, she married a, a guy from home and um, they've had a great career and three kids and um, she has one grandchild now and um, just sort of your, uh, you know, Ozzie and Harriet type. Um, but I, I just have never done anything the way people are supposed to do it. So I, I, I never fit into that mold. 
I love it. I think that's what kind of endeared you to me when we first met was that you clearly have seen a lot of different sides of particularly this subject of Mm -hmm. being what it means to be a mom. And then what it means to do that alongside a career and then alongside something that you're passionate about and then balancing all of those things. So I would love for you to talk a a little bit about what was it like to transition from being kind of involved in the foster system to becoming a step parent. I mean, I would imagine that that was not similar in a lot of ways, but maybe it was. Well, uh, uh, there, there was a difference. I mean, the, the main difference is I went from being a single parent um, to uh, being a, a, a part of a team, mm-hmm. um, which in, in many ways, it was much easier because I had an extra pair of hands and um, a, a relationship there. Um, in another way, I, I was surprised <laughs> to discover it was difficult because, um, not that I'm a control freak or anything you understand, oh, but okay. no. it was, it was, I, I had not expected that this, um, reasonable, intelligent man that I had married would disagree with me and that I would have to negotiate with him about the, the best way to approach things. And so um, with the, um, the step parenting was, was easier. One of my foster kids hit a bad patch and we inherited that child. And so we, we, we had a child who had a lot more trauma than our, our, uh, my stepkids did. Um, And we had just some, my husband and I had some real, strong disagreements about the best way to do it. And um, we, you know, we managed to, to keep our marriage as the first priority and, and to work it out. Uh, but it was, I, I can sympathize with anyone who says it's not easy because it, it really is difficult. And um, it, like I said, to, to suddenly discover that a reasonable person could not agree with me was, uh, um, it, it, it took some some uh, shifting and changing to figure out how we could, we could agree on, on a course going forward. Yeah, um, and I imagine like such a unique story too, because you had already been parenting right? And you walked into step parenting. And so, but it was parenting through foster care. So I I'm sure that those dynamics had to have been super unique, but hearing you say that you guys kept your marriage as the number kind of the number one thing and you committed to working out together seems like such a nugget to think of regardless of what scenario you walk into marriage with, whether you have children or your spouse has children already of just recognizing you are a team and committing through the hardship, like we're going to get through this. Um, What would you say is one of the things that maybe was the hardest thing about fostering the hardest thing about fostering um, was it actually was not being single. Um, I, I had managed to put together a, a good safety net with friends and, and family to the extent my family was, was uh, uh, geographically distant, but, but emotionally close. Um, and the, the caseworker we had was good at, at, at bringing in resources. Um, so the, there were a lot of the, the usual issues that you get with being a single parent, but much harder for me was watching my kids make stupid mistakes and them not listening to me and 
learning how to step back and, and, and let them have agency and, and make decisions. And um, even though I knew it was going to be disastrous, they didn't know it and they had to live through it in order to um, figure it out. Some of them did figure it out. Some of them uh, kept making the same mistake. I, I've lost track of, of all the sh kids that I had short term and um, I, I hope that they learned, but you know, I, I'm just not sure that, that any of them actually learned how to quit making the same mistake. I find it fascinating that as a person who likes control, that this is what you chose to do. Did you ever yeah. like along the way wonder like, why did I choose this? <laughs> Which is something that <laughs> is so little control. I, oh, well, I, I think when I went into it, I didn't realize how little control I would have. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, I had been a social worker. I had seen the need. And I realized, okay, I've, I've got skills. I, I can do this. So it was, to, to a large extent, I sort of approached it um, as, as problem solution and, and very left brain problem solving skills. But it, it really stretched my resources because I had, to, I had to access the emotional side of my personality, um, which is there. It's just not what I'd leave with. <laughs> Right. So I, I had to, I had to meet with kids who were completely emotion and almost no logic yeah. um, and, or at least not easy to access logic. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I, I, I think that's one thing that I find fascinating about the world of foster care is the fact that you have to walk into it really being willing to grow yourself and being mm -hmm. vulnerable in, yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. completely vulnerable to what the child on the other side is going to need. Um, I would love to know what is one of the best things about fo your foster journey. I know there have been a lot of ups and downs, but what is maybe something you can think of that has been one of the best gifts from it? Of the relationships that, that I have managed to hang on to. Um, not all of them, you know, like you said, with kids, you're, you're opening yourselves up for kids to reject you. And um, the, the recognition that, you know, we all think in terms of stories. We all have a narrative of our lives and ourselves and, and kids are no exception. And one thing about every story, it, it has to have a villain. And um, kids will, um, will cast um, foster parents and step parents in, in that role. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just sort of almost automatic. Um, I, I used to joke with my, my stepsons, uh, right after we got married, I, I would joke with them and say, oh, I've, I've read the manuals on being a step parent. I've read Cinderella and Snow White and <laughs> I've got this. I, I know how to be a step parent. Um, so, so you have to open yourself up, as you said, to that risk of, of rejection and, and having your heart broken. But the best part of it is the relationships that you do um, forge and that do work out and um, the, the kids that are an, an, a permanent part of my life now. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you say that you're one of the biggest lessons maybe is that you had to be willing to be vulnerable regardless of what the outcome was going to be, whether yes. in foster care or in step parenting. And, and okay. I think this applies to, you know, biological parenting is too. There's, there's an element of 
you have to be willing to go kind of all in no matter what yes. the outcome is going to be. Yes. Um, the outcome is not in our control. Unfortunately, we would love to have a checklist. That would be amazing, but there isn't one. Um, they don't come home from the hospital with a, you know, a booklet of do's and don'ts. And, um, but I love the fact that you have experienced what it's like to go all in and then have the reciprocation of the relationship on the other side. That's beautiful. Right. So, um, of, of your journey in step parenting and maybe even in foster care, um, what on this side of things would you maybe think about if you were advising someone who was thinking about either getting into foster care or maybe even walking into a step-parent situation, if you could go back and give yourself advice, what is something that you think you would have told yourself? Just um, make the commitment and control the things that you can control. You, you cannot control their um, reaction and but you still have to be willing to make the commitment if you are not willing to make the the one-way all-in commitment um, then you don't you don't even have a chance of forging a relationship mm -hmm. and um, kids who kids with trauma which includes foster kids and and actually I think we we need to remember that the children of divorce um, have suffered trauma it may not be as as obvious um, and that they may be more resilient. Uh, the trauma may not be as deep, but um, they still have lost their intact mm -hmm. biological family. And um, I, I would tell myself sooner something that took me a while to learn, which is um, I'm not the person who's supposed to be there. Uh, I, I never will be the person who's supposed to be there. I will never be able to replace my kid's mm -hmm. biological mother. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, we can still have a, a different but very rewarding relationship. And so um, I would not have set myself up as much to think that I could, could fill all the spaces in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, because as step parents and foster parents, we just, we just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, maybe, and this is just speaking from personal experience as, as having family members that have walked through foster care, but just feeling like you're not really sure exactly if you're supposed to fill all the spaces and then, you know, being willing to be honest with yourself about we're all kind of working through this and let's be out in the open and communicate about how this is right. going is maybe, you know, kind of one of those first steps. And, and I love that wisdom. Um, what ways did you think in terms of impact and legacy when you maybe first started foster care, did you have kind of a long-term vision of I'm really doing this to make a difference in the system or in what's happening in my state, or was it just a more of a personal thing for you? It, it was more of a, um, changing the world one life at a time. Um, I, I there are many things that, that, need to be done in the system, but that was not my focus. Mm -hmm. My focus was um, trying to help this child who was in my life at this moment, um, help them overcome their trauma as much as they can and, and get from point A to point B um, as, as best they could. Um, and, and then, you know, one point to, to go back with, with, with step parenting, um, I, realized with with my kids one of the things I realized is as a single parent and, and 
Um, I, I have a utmost respect for single parents, foster parents or, or um, biological parents. But one thing that I was never able to show my foster kids was a functioning marriage from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized with my stepkids that here was an opportunity to show them how a functioning marriage works and, and how one stays together. And that's why I realized um, it, it sounds bad sometimes to say, oh, I, you have to put your marriage ahead of your relationship with your kids because it sounds like you're choosing sides or, or shortchanging your kids. Um, but, but they need to see how you make a commitment in a relationship and a marriage and how you keep it together. And, and they, need, um, they need to see that in action because they're never going to learn it from anyone else. Yeah. And they are seeing the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, right. and, and the fighting clean and, and working things out and then being a team, you know, my, w- one thing that we told our kids from one of the very beginnings, I, when they were able to understand was, Hey, like we were a family before you came to the family, like you joined right. us and you're hopefully passing through, right? Like right. you're, you're going right. to move on, <laughs> become an adult one day. Um, but just helping them understand that like a family unit is a family union, even if there aren't children there yet, right? You know, or if there right. are never children there. Um, no, and, 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 and that's good. Um, it, it, again, being left brain and not all ways tactful. I remember a conversation with, with uh, one of our, our, our the foster placement uh, that, that we had saying, look, in, in five years, um, you will be moving on. And I still want a marriage left after you, after you live. Yes. So this, this is where my part, I, I love you, but um, there's limits to what I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that I, I would imagine that there's a lot of security there in that. Because it's it's them saying, seeing kind of you saying, Hey, you are so important that I'm going to prioritize this relationship because this is kind of like the core relationship. And so it actually is beneficial to you if I prioritize this. Do that. I love it. When I I first got married, um, our our youngest son would, I I could tell he had a lot of anxiety that that I was just going to kind of up and disappear um, Mm -hmm. because that's what people did. And and it abated in a, a years ago I asked him when he quit worrying about our marriage breaking up and 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 what made him change his mind and he stopped and he thought he said well you just stayed mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that that's really as profound as it gets yeah uh, wow just the day in day out commitment of still here work yeah yeah Ooh, that's good. Um, now that you're on the other side of it, you have grandchildren. Now your kids are grown. Um, like what does life look like now, as far as your, your, um, interaction with foster care and step parenting and all that? I know you've just written a book, so you can yes. talk a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I am going into, um, writing and speaking because, because I realized that, uh, a lot of things that I take for granted, um, whenever I say them, um, my friends go, "Ooh, that I, I, I hadn't thought about that." So uh, when I say, for example, I'm, I'm not the person who's supposed to be there, and, and that's okay. Um, I, and I realize things that I just had taken for granted, other people getting into it um, can learn from. So, so I've written a book um, called "Raising Other People's Children." 
Um, Love it. What I do. So good. And, um, and so I, you know, I'm looking at a blog, may, may do a podcast at some point. Um, my, my legal practice involves advising youth organizations and foster care agencies and that sort of thing. So um, I, I, that has that and my um, sister's a counselor and we're talking about getting into advising those groups about how to deal with trauma. Uh, yes. trauma-informed camping, if you will, yes. kind of thing. Yes. Um, and then on a personal note, my husband and I, we, we are enjoying our empty nest. Um, in, in one sense, actually, this is, um, we're having the honeymoon that you and Brian had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're finally having that. And uh, he, he pointed out, this is the first time in our marriage that, that yeah. we've been without kids. Um but we are looking at, um, we're, we're kind of scoping out, looking at uh, mentoring organizations that work with um, kids who have aged out of foster care. Amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I'm too old and tired to parent any younger kids anymore. But I think we could, um, there's, a, there's a role for mentoring uh, yeah. the, the uh, young adults out there. And you've been there and you've walked that path, you know, and so, you know, all the ins and outs. And I think that's super important to, to be able to be that voice that can speak into that and kind of grab the hands of those that are coming from behind. So I love it. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to drop all of your information into our group about your book, how our um, audience can get in contact with you, get connected with you. Um, And we just wish you all the best with your book launch that's coming up. That's super exciting. And with all that you're doing, but thank you for taking the time to share with us. Um, And we will look forward to hearing about all the amazing things that are coming down the pipe for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at cultivatelegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at cultivate underscore legacy.